This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at Broadvoice.com or call Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Apparently, uh, Hillary has decided she's going to give uh, due consideration to reporters now. Uh, oh, good. That's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I think of the Constitution and freedom of the press, what I think of is that means that at some point our queen mm-hmm. or our king will think about will think about and give due consideration to the process of them doing their job. Yeah. You know, it's it's fair. not not it's fair. real consideration, but do what mm-hmm. they're due. And because their questions are so dumb, they're not really do anything. But if, if they come up with better questions like how can you save the country, then they'll be due some consideration. That's all. Not only are the questions dumb, Stu, but some of them are just, well, all of them are so far beneath her that their questions aren't worth consideration. No, they're not. You know, these people are not worthy of even being near Hillary Clinton. No. So it's it's a it's really a gift from her to even give them due consideration. Here's what she said yesterday. Yeah, just wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, maybe when I finish talking to the people here. How's that? Okay, that's great. I might. I'll have to ponder it, but I, I, I will put it on my mm. list for due consideration. Yes, sir. Oh, that's okay. so sweet. It's not fun. Oh, let's get a shot of Jeffy while he tries to justify Hillary Clinton. She was Clinton's. being funny. She was just trying to be playful with everybody, trying to humanize herself. Yeah, this is what they would do for us, too, if we mm. were in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary Clinton would say, oh, come on, Glenn was come just on. trying to, you know, he was just trying to joke around with funny. It was funny. It's funny. Give him a break, people. Give him a break. No! I'm sick of it. She doesn't deserve a break. She doesn't get a break today. She can't go to McDonald's. All right? No. Uh, so, she was going to give it due consideration, and then she did actually take five questions. 
She answered five questions yesterday. Yeah, so it was a drudge or someone posted the amount of minutes. It been like 40,000 minutes since she's answered a question. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it's like, this is a campaign. Yeah. Like, you, this is what you want as a campaign. I, I guess maybe she's being smart, though. I mean, she doesn't need, she's no one to beat at this point. So why not sit back, make, you know, make little friends on the ground, you know, walk into your delis, answer your easy questions, shake some hands. No one's questioning you. No one's pushing you. No one remembers how much they don't like you. I mean, it's, it's not a terrible formula. Look, you and I are not the only ones who have noticed. She's up by 50 points, and she doesn't need to answer any questions right now. In fact, when she does answer questions, it makes it worse for her. She just mm -hmm. gets into trouble. So if she if she doesn't talk to reporters, she'll just stay fifty points ahead of people, right? And people won't be reminded of how much how much they can't stand her. I have to imagine that's what her thought process is. It has to be. Why not? It has to be. I mean, and and they don't maybe tell her this directly, mm -hmm. but her advisors, who are obviously some of the highest paid, uh, you know, most accomplished advisors in the field. Uh, are saying to themselves, look, remember the book tour? People don't like this woman. I don't know how. Mm. Like, we need to, she may have policies that we think are right, and she may be the face, and she's the person who's going to win this nomination, but people don't like her. I think that's the opposite of Barack Obama. I think people generally just did like him. They thought, and this is, again, we're talking 2008, you think, all right, well, he's the first black president, he's young, he's a good speaker. You know, there are things people liked about Barack Obama. He's clean. He's articulate. Articulate. The first time ever. I mean, it's a freaking fairy tale fairy to tale. have a it's black a person tale. who's be able to be articulate and clean. Who doesn't want to vote for a fairy tale? Storybook. Who doesn't want to vote for a, for a fairy tale? Storybook. Yeah, Storybook. Absolutely. It's a yeah. magical fairy tale where dragons... Yeah. Fly through the sky. So when you find one in real life, you got to vote. For it, <laughs> that right? is essentially Joe Biden's point, by the way. Uh, but uh, you know, like, look, they they probably realize this is not the storybook. Uh, this is not you know the candidate. Every time she winds up running her mouth, it, you know it's a it's a it's a crash. It's a stock market crash of approval ratings. So yeah. keep her out of the people's memory as long as possible. And, you know, they'll think, well, I, you know, I didn't hear from her for a couple of years. I remember Clinton, the Clinton times being kind of good. And, you know, we'll just go with that. Hope, hope people assign bills uh, like ability to her. Yeah. Scott, <coughs> sorry. Uh, there's a couple of things going on right now that they understand full well. One is that she was up by 40 points over Barack Obama and lost. Mm -hmm. They see her up by 50 points this time and realize that, <clears throat> all right, as soon as she starts talking, you're going to slice into that lead and she could lose again. So they don't want that to happen, and they're going to do everything they can to avoid her collapse. And in order to avoid her collapse, they have to keep her shut, her mouth shut. Miss, don't talk to people. And, and then when, when they have her in favorable conditions where she's up giving a speech and she's not asked any questions, she doesn't really have to t talk policy. She can talk generalizations. Those are all the things they want. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's playing right into her hands. I mean, it's similar to what happens with Jeffy. I mean, we sit here and we say things about Jeffy all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and people are like, oh, hey, you guys are so mean to Jeffy. I love Jeffy. <laughs> well, that's because you don't hear him talk a lot. You're not around him. If you were around him and saw what he was like on a daily basis, you'd hate him. Mm -hmm. You despise this man. But because well, we I was just trying to be nice. Because we try to help 
and cushion your personality from the, the public, you know, people get upset at us. But really, it's the biggest favor anyone's ever done for you. So thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> that was a correct it's that our, was a correct response. It's our pleasure. We're happy to do it. <laughs> um, Howard Dean uh, is, I guess, pissed off at the media because they want her emails and uh, somehow they think they're, uh, they're deserving of them, which they are, uh, because they, they're trying to ask some questions and, and hopefully get this stuff out to the American people. But here's his thoughts. She's not afraid of what's going to come out because she controlled exactly what they have. Thank I don't, you. please don't but, put me in this position by but, saying things like that that are but, not but Mika, true. What is your? I, you may believe I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you, Harold, but, 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 but I don't. But I don't know what your basis for Harold. Think, Harold, Harold basis don't make her say it. She she don't cleaned. She scrubbed the server. We will never know what was in there and what wasn't. So don't say she's going to be exonerated. I didn't. She is exonerated I just, herself. I, I, look, if I were if I were defensive, look, you know what? That is your opinion. What do you mean that's my? She scrubbed the server. Here's where he has a good point, and I I think this is true, and I I don't jump all over me for this, but it is true that the media really wants to see everything, and they have this fundamental belief that they should see everything, and I think Hillary's decided they probably shouldn't, and I think that's her prerogative. I mean, she put it really well. Does this mean I have to give up all the information? It's her prerogative until she's she's violated the law. Right. And, and it's not her prerogative when she's a, an official in a, in a high-profile position. Isn't it still her prerogative, though, if she's violated the law? I mean, it's a Clinton. Uh, you know? Yeah. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, think about it. That's basically their argument, by the way. <clears throat> it is. I mean, I'm summarizing a bit, but their argument essentially is, well, yeah, but Hillary Clinton, I don't have to do this stuff. I'm above those things you call laws. Well, look, she wants them out as bad, probably worse than anybody. Uh, oh, really? She does? Oh, my gosh, yes. Mm. Yeah, but they're not hers. It, she explains it all right here. I, I can't believe you haven't seen this, Stu. Mm. Totally reasonable. We learned today that the State Department might not release your emails until January of 2016. A federal judge says they should be released sooner. Will you demand that they That's are released weird sooner? And to follow up on the questions about the speeches, was there a conflict of interest it's in your giving like, hey, these in speeches into what, the run of your shit. announcement that you're running for president? The answer to the second is no. And the answer to the first is I have said repeatedly, I want those emails out. Nobody has <laughs> uh, a bigger about? interest in getting them released than I Nobody do. Nobody does. I respect the State Department. They have their process that they do yes. for everybody, not just for me. Right. But anything that they might do to mm-hmm. expedite that process, I heartily support. Sure. You know, I want the American people to learn as much as uh, we can oh, about the work that I did with uh, our diplomats and our development you, experts. Hill? Because I think <laughs> it will show how hard we worked and what we did um, for our country during the time that I was Secretary of State, where I worked extremely hard on behalf of our <clears throat> values and our yeah. interests oh, and our security. Gosh, yes. um, and the emails are part yes. of that. So. I have said publicly, yes. I'm repeating it here in front of all of you today, sure I are. want them out as soon as they can get out. Will you demand it? Will you demand it? They're not mine. They're not hers. They belong they're, to the State Department. They belong, they're not mine. I want to. 
I'm trying to get these bastards to get my <laughs> emails out there, but they won't do I it. I respect the State Department. Oh. They've got their, you know, they've got their own problems. Now, I didn't uh, res respect them at the time when I set up the private server. Obviously, no, but I, I violated now. all their rules. But I I, now, yeah. now is the time where I start following their rules now. Yeah. Because it's important yeah. to me. Yeah. How, how, how freaking transparent. So bad. It's so transparent. So bad. And she, but the work she's done, it's part of the work she's done. She wants it out there. She wants people to know how hard she works for the American people. She doesn't need to do that because the people already know. They already know how hard she worked. <laughs> mm. And uh, we saw, we got a look at that yesterday uh, when CNN talked to about a, a bunch of people about her accomplishments. I mean, these are people who are, uh, who, who are effusive in their praise of Hillary. Oh, and all really? of a sudden it, com it comes to this oh, wow. point and uh, listen to how much they respect and love her and know what she did for them. What did she accomplish that you consider significant as Secretary of State? Mm -hmm. Secretary of State? <sighs> I really can't name anything off the top of my head. <laughs> hey, wait, give me a minute. <laughs> give me two minutes to go someplace else. Okay, okay. Christina, can you think of something that she accomplished as Secretary of State that impressed you or thinks important? Mm -hmm. This is unbelievable. This is the death of a country. Yep. Um, um, huh, no, not really. Uh, Amanda, anything no. you'd point to to say this is a good credential for... I honestly can't say I followed along everything that was going on. Well, <laughs> why are you a fan she's, she's been at a high level in numerous in. offices for about 25 years. Oh, now. numerous It's either going to be that or it's going to be uh, Scott Walker, you know, taking right. away... Well, so i got to talk about somebody else's accomplishments. And, and there's yeah. just, you know, <clears throat> you know she's yeah. not perfect. Um, no, how do you but know? She's been in the you eye don't know for anything about a her. long time in the public's eye, and and uh, you're going to have some stuff on her. But you know, she has great policies, and she knows how to get stuff done. That's really interesting. Because he can't name one of the yeah. stuff she's gotten done. He can't name one thing. Literally, Not the only one. thing she can define about Hillary, he can define about Hillary Clinton, or anyone in the room can define about Hillary Clinton, is that she's not perfect. Yeah, we were pretty Which, clear on that. I don't know how you would know. Pretty clear on that. With that I'm level of knowledge that. about her, how I would know. you know? Maybe she is perfect. Jeez. Maybe she was perfect, and she did everything in the Secretary of State office. This is, I mean, look, that's the death of the country. That's a it death is. of a nation. When you have people it in is. there identifying themselves as supporters of a candidate that cannot name one thing about them that they support. The only thing they can come up with is that one guy in the other field doesn't like unions. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's 12, 15 choices in the other side of the field, so you have no idea who's going to win. Some people uh, have different opinions on unions than Scott Walker, I would assume. We don't we haven't really you know, delved into that too much. It shows how uh, stupid Democrats but, are. But yeah, these are these are just mindless morons. Almost all of them. I mean, anybody who just follows the Clintons and follows Obama and can't name any—they're just morons, absolute morons. If you got a room of Republicans and you asked them about Ted Cruz or Scott Walker. They could tell you some accomplishments. I'm, I, okay. I, I can almost guarantee it. You've got our audience in front of a reporter like that. Uh, tell me one thing that, uh, that uh, Rick Perry's ever done. They could tell you. Mm -hmm. They could tell you. Half the jobs uh, that have been created in this country came from Texas. Pretty good as governor of Texas. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, you, I, I mean yeah. you can't name one thing and you're going to vote for her because you love her, because she's been around, because you know a, her name. She's a Democrat, and they're there. I mean, and, like, and this is, mm. I don't know what the percentage is, but when I watch videos like this, what I feel like is that it's about 90% of the country is, are those people who are sitting <laughs> there going, look, I'm in this camp. 
I don't necessarily even know why. There's probably an issue or two that I feel passionately about, whether it's unions for that guy or abortion for maybe a conservative, whatever the issue is. You've got one or two issues you really care about. Maybe it's gay marriage for a Democrat or whatever. Mm -hmm. You make up your mind. You have no idea about what these people believe about these specific issues. You know only the thing that's been tweeted and retweeted, whatever the controversy of the day is. You think Sarah Palin said, I can see Alaska from, or see Russia from my house. You have that level of knowledge. A pop culture knowledge about uh, these candidates. And, uh, you know, it, then there, and those people are all locked in at 90%. And then there's 10% of these people who are out there um, uh, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of the undecided voters, most of them are going to vote on things that have nothing to do with policy. I mean, there are people who are who would consider both sides and are really looking at policy and trying to understand these candidates. But the vast majority of the people who are undecided haven't put a lot of thought into ideology or they'd be decided. I mean, I, you know, we're all sitting here like I don't have a tough time figuring out whether Hillary Clinton is going to be my choice or not. Not because of who she is or, you know, or any of that. It's, it's her policy and what she, her belief system is. There's an article today that says that Hillary Clinton is going to be the most liberal candidate that has ever run since most people who are voting are alive, have been alive. And that includes Barack Obama. They, they went through uh, several stances in which she's already come out to the left of Barack Obama. Jeez. Pretty bad. <clears throat> and, and these idiots are going to vote for her just yeah, because. Uh, she's been around for 25 years. So? So, so was Hitler. Adolf Hitler was around, not to compare the two, but Hitler was around for a long time. Does that mean you keep, yeah. you keep voting for him? I don't. Well, but yeah, so. but he's well, I've known um, about him since the 30s, though. I've known about him since <laughs> the, the 20s. The 20s. I go back to the 20s. 20s. You go back the, to the, the 20s. The beer halls. Yeah, wow. I knew him in the beer halls. I didn't hear about him until 31. I like, oh, wow. I like what I heard. Okay, yeah. So. <laughs> I like that. Uh, he is, she's, she's held various offices. <laughs> I can't even tell you uh, which ones. Yeah, she was okay. first lady. She, she was first lady. She held a marital position. Yeah, she, held, she was married to a guy who held an office. Then she was elected in a deep blue state. Uh, uh, for, for senator that Senate. she ha- she handpicked so she could win easily, then she uh, went uh, lost appointed her, to set a presidential run state just because he well, wanted to shut her up. You skipped the lost presidential True. run where she was leading by True. forty points and blew it. And lost. Then you have the secretary yeah. of state situation where she went over and couldn't translate the word reset to Russia. The world has been on fire since the day she stepped into the office and continues to this day because of the work she did while there. And now. Now, hey, let's vote for her. Like she has nothing, nothing on her resume no. that's positive, except for the fact that you know her husband. That is the level of, I mean, think about this, and I've said this before, like, why not Dick Durbin? Why not Barbara Boxer? Why not standard insert liberal candidate that was a senator? Why not? The reason is the last name, solely. She's accomplished far less than your average Democrat senator in their lives. Far less. She's completely unqualified compared to Dianne Feinstein, right? Even if you're a liberal. Mm-hmm. But they run her because of the last name. That is the, and then you wonder why. Why does that work? Look at that freaking audience. Uh, she had uh, a lot of offices. Uh, well, the first three people uh, can't just say anything. And the only thing that the fourth guy can say is, she she held offices. She held so what? offices. So what? <laughs> How do you even respond to a country that votes that way? And couldn't name anything she'd done in any of them. 
So maybe it's time to get your 72-hour kit and get a little preparation going. <laughs> yes! Is possible? It's a good segue, Pat. Uh, that Patri works well. My Patriot Supply can help you with that mm. and re really help you a lot right now because they're only 10 bucks, and that includes shipping. So they throw in the shipping. They give you three days' worth of food for, per person for $10. Mm. You can order four per, per, for, per uh, caller because they can't keep doing this forever. I don't know how they're doing it now. So give them a call right now at uh, 800-274-3040. I do know that, that you can do up to four mm -hmm. per day, which is what Jeffy's been doing for the past month or so, eating about four 72-hour kids per I try day. to call different times mm -hmm. so they don't realize it's me, but then I remember I'm giving them the same address. So uh, okay. Can you do like a work address? Mm -hmm. Can you do like, have you tried a P.O. box? I'm not telling my secrets. Okay, okay just okay. call for your 72-hour <laughs> kit. 800-274-3040 is the number. Look, it's the it's the easiest way to get your fit in the door of basic preparation. An easy first step. Ten dollars, including shipping. It's My Patriot Supply. 800-274-3040 is the only way to get this deal. My Patriot Supply. It's not just food. It's freedom. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. Every day is another step we take uh, into unexplored territory. Um, and yesterday was announce the announcement that the uh, Girl Scouts are, I guess, accepting transgendered people into, uh, into their organization. Uh, titled, The Meaning of Serving All Girls, written by Dr. Andrea Bastiani Archibald, <clears throat> Archibald, who is identified as a chief girl expert. Uh, the blog opens by explaining the Girl Scouts' history of embracing and supporting girls since its founding in 1912, if a girl is recognized by her family, school, and community as a girl and lives culturally as a girl, Girl Scouts is an organization that can serve her in a setting that is both emotionally and physically safe. Inclusion of transgender girls is handled at a council level on a case-by-case -case basis with the welfare and best interests of all members as top priority. Bastiani continues, as we face a complex and rapidly changing 21st century, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, our nation needs all girls to reach their full potential, which has been our focus for more than 103 years. According to the American Family Association, however, uh, they've launched a, launched a petition against the Girl Scouts' policy of accepting transgender children, urging the organization to stop this nonsense by rescinding this dangerous policy now. I mean, is it dangerous if you allow... Uh, what are physically boys into a girls' organization like this? 
If your girls are, is there any concern there? I mean, is there, is there any concern now? So this uh, for any children on either side. I mean, look. Obviously, there are plenty of organizations in which boys and girls are together, and it happens all the time. Um, it, but it, so I, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, it's like this, these are obviously at this point. You can say you, they're transgendered all you want. They have not had surgeries that would indicate they can't have. right. They obviously. can't have had surgery. Right. So, <clears throat> so this is just a, a physical boy. And even yes. if you want to go down the road and say, okay, well, he feels like he's a girl. Um, you know, I, I would assume that like there'd be an issue, particularly with things like, I don't know, is, are there sleepaway camps for for uh, for, for Girl, Girl Scouts? Scouts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't. I've never right? been in. I mean, them. you got you're more into scouting than I am, uh, Jeffy. But don't Girl Scouts go camping? I think so. Overnight? I, I really, I really don't know. I would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Boy Scouts do though, right? Yeah, Boy Scouts certainly. But the do. Boy Scouts have their uh, uh, training where it's not. Uh, uh, there's adults. There's never one adult is never alone with one scout that kind of thing. So you know, the, an adult is not sleeping with another child in the tent. The kids are sleeping together, which goes to your point of the yeah, two, and that's mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. two. So if you had a, a, a boy, I mean, look, I don't know. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Is there is there is there a possibility for a risk? Probably. I mean, uh, you know, but uh, what do you? I don't. I don't even know how you deal with these issues anymore. It just seems like what you do. We can kind of handle how organizations deal with this. Is you just say yes, we're open and we're progressive and we are moving in the right direction and we care about all kids. And then most likely what you're going to have is a situation where there's three kids in the entire country that actually yeah, take advantage of this policy. That's so true. maybe you just kind of, you know, well. And you figure it out for them. You figure it out. And, and, and they said they were going to do it on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Maybe you do no sleepaway camps. You know, maybe that those kids in that town don't have a sleepaway camp. Is that that big of a deal? Probably not. Or I mean, every child sleeps in their own tent. You know, one each one tenth, one child. Mm-hmm. I think you have. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I don't know how you deal with those things. I mean, they, you know, the world used to be so easy, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> it used to be so easy, uh, and now it's so freaking complicated. I think they said right here it's complex and rapidly changing. Yeah, very true. Very true. I'll tell you another thing that drives me out of my mind today, and that's this uh, mattress chick at Columbia University. Mm. Have you seen her? Did you read about this? You see this? <laughs> in the paper? You see, read about this? Dude, did you see this? In the paper? <laughs> this uh, Columbia student claimed she was raped by her boyfriend, <clears throat> or I guess ex-boyfriend now. So it was somebody with whom she was having apparently regular sexual relations. And then she barely said no, and... Uh, and uh, I don't know what the circumstances were because it didn't really describe it. But at one point, she claims he raped her. So uh, a Columbia court, like a college court, looked into it, exonerated oh, good. him. Oh, really? Found him innocent. So a court okay? set up to basically perpetrate and, and further the ideal that everybody's getting raped on campus. Yes. Actually found, found yes. that there's nothing going on. Which blew me away, yeah. first of all. Okay, mm-hmm. that, the, that the college court found him innocent you got to believe there was some pretty good grounds on which to find him innocent. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone so, notices this, but, like, outside of the military, you don't really need courts like that. Right. You have the main right. court 
But here's and the, maybe the people's court. Here's the but outside of that, I think we're all and set. You usually don't take rape cases to the people's court. No, no Judge Wapner never yeah, did a rape really case. Really dig that. that <laughs> so really weird. Judy's like, no, nah, I nah. said that. Nah. Doug Llewellyn outside <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't really want to get into the details of this one. Right was Cindy, who was raped on campus. Uh, Cindy, Cindy, how do you like the verdict? <laughs> uh, weird. So really weird. And here's the problem, Doug Llewellyn. She didn't file any charges. She filed no charges. No criminal charges were filed. Ever. So she wants something done to this guy. She wants him kicked out, out of school because she doesn't want to be around him. But she didn't file charges. But and she didn't fi file charges, and he was exonerated by the college court. <laughs> so the mattress what are they thing, supposed to do? She brought a mattress to protest so or something? So she brought a yeah. mattress every day to school that she and her friends carried around wherever they went. I don't know what the point of the mattress was. Maybe... I don't know if you're going to rape me. Here's a mattress on which we could do it. I, I don't know what the point was. It was, you know, here's my mattress. And so she, <laughs> she did that the whole semester. And then she brought it to the graduation and took it up on stage. And she was told, no, you, you're not taking your mattress up on stage. So she got four friends and they took the mattress up on stage. They did it anyway. And it was so bad that the dean wouldn't even shake her hand, turned away from her. Because he was pissed and I don't blame him. It, because what in the hell are you supposed to do with this guy? You didn't file charges. He was found innocent. Uh, do we still live in America? I, I still have to kick him out of school? I mean, the answer to that kind of, in a way, is yeah. no when it comes to this yeah, issue. Because it is amazing. There's been dozens of op-eds written saying that you always believe the accuser no. in rape cases. Always. No. No. This is freaking no. America. You, you're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But, I mean, if you can't even get it to the court of law, it's a whole other situation. Yeah. If, if you're you not don't willing even to even file, file a charge, charge look, the, the way you deal with rape is not in a college court. It's not with Doug Llewellyn. It's mm -hmm. in a normal big boy, big girl court. What's good now, though, is it's over. She's just she's not going to carry it anymore. Uh, school's over, and she's willing. Uh, if someone you know from a museum or something wants to buy it, she'll sell it. The so, this has all probably been some publicity stunt for her or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I, if you have seriously been raped. You file charges against the guy because he mm. deserves to go to prison for a really yes. long time. He deserves uh, whatever punishment, the worst, the harshest punishment society can mete out. B but short of you filing charges, there's nothing we can do. And it's still America. I, uh, oh, I don't oh, care I how see. many you can, see. You you want, can carry you a whole somebody. bedroom around with the with the with the <laughs> you, the mattress and the dresser drawers and uh, the, everything from the closet. You can have uh, a whole team of people carrying around your your uh, your second. boudoir, but that doesn't matter because he was found innocent and you didn't file charges. Yeah, but she said it happened. Yes, she did. So she did you say just it. want. You don't a lot want of people say a lot of things. Yeah, we've learned that from Rolling Stone recently. We've mm -hmm. learned that from multiple controversies related to this. Really have. But it doesn't always. I mean, look, people, women can can do mm. things that are bad too. It's possible that a woman can right. lie about a, a terrible incident. It is. Um, and the, there's a protection built into our society that the person who accuses you it needs to be proved before you lose your life. Or lose your livelihood, or lose, and livelihood is another situation, I suppose, but lose your freedom. That is something that is very clearly protected in this country. And man, 
The liberals love it in every other case. People who are arrested 18 times and then wind up getting shot by police officers. Man, there's never an instance, instance where they don't believe uh, the person who committed the 18 crimes. Ever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always the police's fault. Always. Yet in this situation, it's, it's the, it, the person who's committing the crime, which may or may not be a crime, uh, is, can, is blamed immediately. It, it, white male in college committing a rape is instantly guilty, uh, even if the rape wasn't committed, even if he wasn't in the town at the time, even if there wasn't a party at the fraternity where this was held at on the date it was reported. None of this happens. And they, you don't even have to file a charge. This is the, you know, look, if you're, if you're a person who wants to hurt um, someone, and I don't know if this is the situation. Look, maybe something did happen to her. But let's take another case where we know something didn't, which is the Rolling Stone case. Where it's like, if you want to hurt a university, if you want to hurt a particular person, if you want to hurt a particular fraternity that you have some beef with, you say these things and it's over. It doesn't matter uh, if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge problem in society. And it's a huge problem for real victims of rape. I mean, these stories hurt the real uh, situations. When, when these things happen and they're re- realistic, uh, you know, it, it hurts that. But, but there's, to me, and, and look, you'll talk to rape experts and they'll say, and we have one right here, actually, uh, Jeff Fisher, who is a rape expert. But you'll talk <laughs> Has to you. has been identified as such a news story. All over the Internet, actually, in major <laughs> publications, is Jeff Fisher, <laughs> rape expert. Um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry because about that. Because you labeled him that. Yeah. On, on a sketch that got uh, a lot of pickup. Wonderful up. world of stew. Yeah. <laughs> he picked it up like it was a real thing. Like it was a real thing. He's actually just an here, idiot. Talk to Jeff Fisher, rape expert. Right. <laughs> I mean, is it a real thing? He was dressed as a rapist. I mean, I think the, <laughs> the insinuation was clear, at least in my mind. You can't joke about that. I can't. Oh, that's right. I have to learn the Louis C.K. rules. We're right. not allowed to. And especially as a conservative. You can do it as Louis C.K. because he's yes. liberal, but you, you can't do it as a, as a conservative. Um, but, you know, you talk to rape experts and they'll say, look, there are reasons why women don't file these charges, um, why they don't pursue it. They well, don't want to sure go through true. it. Well, I'm sure that's true. And that's true. But you can't. However, if you if don't you're not willing go to do that it, route, if you're not willing to go down that road, you, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. you there's you, nothing. Yeah, we have to hold it. We can't. need a process. To, we, you don't get like, it, like the, the idea that it's uh, not Iran. Right. Yeah, right. it's not right. Thank you. And that, with, yes. it happens with women in Iran. It can't happen with men here. Right. right? But I mean, look at what what the uh, the justification is. Women don't want to go through this. They don't want to file charges because they don't want to go through all the, the terrible uh, feelings of, of being publicly known as a, a rape victim. They don't want to go through this. Yet then they go and carry mattresses around campus all so the time. So obviously that's a bullcrap thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you, you file the freaking charge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may or may not work out. Maybe the, the, uh, the justice system will let you down if this really happened to you. But, I mean, that is our system. And this happens to people all the time. Sometimes there are letdowns. So there's nothing you could do. We have the best system in the world, but it's not perfect. Uh, but if you don't file the claim, then this person, nothing let's just do. say from completely your perspective as, 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 as this woman who's carrying the mattress around, what you're doing is you're allowing him to be free and potentially rape other people because you didn't want to file a charge. You still felt it okay to carry a mattress around. So everyone mm-hmm. knew you were a rape victim. Everyone knew supposedly what happened. Yet you won't go file a charge with a police officer. You won't... It was, College court is not court. College court is not anything. It's not a thing. 
I mean, maybe what was going to happen? They were going to suspend him. They couldn't arrest him. He's a rapist in your eyes. Uh, if he's a rapist, you don't get suspended from school. You go to jail for hopefully ten years, twenty years. I think that's the only wanted. thing. Yeah, the only thing was she wanted him out of school. I guess, and and that's I, not I an appropriate problem. That. That's no. not what a rape is. No, that's not what a rape. you don't get punished for rape by getting thrown out of school. I know. You go to prison for hopefully the rest of your life. It's a it, it's an infuriating infuriating. Triple eight seven two seven back more fat and stew coming up. And there's so many of those kinds of deals. The feed is quick to uh, remind us that uh, he was been married for over 20 years, and if a woman says it happened, it happened. Wait, so, what? I don't. Huh? Do not lie. They don't. They, they don't say something happened. Oh, right. It happened. The feed has written. Another aggravating situation <clears throat> is that liberals are trying to draw some sort of <clears throat> double standard comparison between what happened what ha happened and is happening in Baltimore and what happened in Ferguson to what happened in Waco, Texas with the motorcycle gangs. <clears throat> and it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Uh, and a guy who every once in a while seems to have an emoticon, uh, to use a, a Megan McCain uh, expression, an emoticon of common sense, uh, Don Lemon yeah. at CNN. It's inconsistent with Don. Inco very, but it does very inconsistent. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, he'll come up with something uh, like this on the double standard situation. I think this is the most helpful thing mm -hmm. if we just get marred in the language. The language is a stand-in <laughs> for disparate mm -hmm. treatment, which is the real problem here. The real problem here is that white Americans and black and brown Americans have a radically different experience of our police, of our banks, of uh, the criminal justice system, you name it. That's the problem. I don't disagree with you on that part. But on the language part and about the media double standard, I think it's bull. I have heard everybody, including on this show, we called them thugs at least three times. Yes, last we're at all least. calling them thugs well, because people said we weren't calling no, them thugs that's before. Not so true. Now we're that's going not out true. Of our way to use not the word everyone to believes Sally. Not everyone <laughs> believes the, that thug is the other a new way of saying the N word. The first thing that comes to my mind when uh, when thug is not Sally a is black really person. Good. It's Tony Soprano. Yeah. It's someone yeah. who does something bad. I have heard, and I have heard on almost every yeah. news organization, people guns, going out of their way to call said, these people thugs. Right, they are thugs. Guns. The people in Baltimore who rioted and That's burned down true. buildings, they were thugs. They the people who in Waco who shot people are thugs. It has Again. nothing to do with being black or white. Thank you. Thank God, you. That's wow. embarrassing. Thank you. Wow. Uh, Sa Sally Cohn, by the way, that, this was her. She was w one of the big people driving this. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's amazing kind of, uh, it's, I guess she has to have that moment of realization where she kind of considers for the first time that maybe my opinion actually isn't driving other people. Maybe, you know, when I say things on Twitter, people actually don't care. I mean, that must be a really strange moment for her as she kind of, well, of course people are saying it now, now that I and others have come up and said that saying a thug, uh, it's, it's inconsistent. Of course they're saying it now. Actually, we never considered what you thought about it. <laughs> oh, no. Oops. I didn't realize that's what you, that's what you thought. I'm sorry, Sally. We, we didn't care what you thought about that issue. In fact, we didn't know you were alive. Yeah. We didn't, the only reason we even knew you existed is because you popped up on Fox News for six mm -hmm. months and are now gone. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't, I don't, oh, darn it. I'm sorry, Sally. But oh, I God, see there, I see there why uh, Lemon uh, actually had a little common sense because he was defending the media.
He's yeah. defending the media. Oh, I agree with you on every other issue that they're t- that blacks and whites and Hispanics are t- completely treated differently by police and at the bank and at 7-Eleven and everywhere else they ever... <laughs> Come on, this is not 1963. Yeah. It's not. And I know that sometimes, in some places, in, in isolated incidents... It's, it is a different experience. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it, it happens, probably more than I, I know, but we have come a hell of a long way. Yes. Come on. This is a pretty dang good society where people of completely different cultures and colors and, and uh, religious backgrounds get together and we get along really well. Take it out of this example for a second. We have heard many times that uh, Muslims have had terrible treatment at airports since 9-11. Right. Uh-huh. We've heard that many, many times. And look, the TSA is it's not something that's necessarily <laughs> popular on this particular network. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've been to I, and I fly a lot. I've probably been in the security lines with give or take 500 Muslims over mm-hmm. all of those flights. There's probably know, fair. Probably fair. I mean, you know, again, I'm, you know, I don't I didn't interview them and ask them religious background, but just judging by general appearance. And again, this is what this is about. You're, you know, they're saying they're generalizing because of appearance. When all you so can people, see because everything else is covered is an eyelash. Yeah, it's a good chance it might be. Yeah, but Muslim. I mean, also just guys that might look Arab. Again, this would be mm-hmm. the, uh, right. the 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 issue that they're saying. They're not saying uh, you know necessarily oh. it's about beliefs. What does an Arab look like, Mister? That's the point, though, right? Like yeah. that's what their point is: is yeah. that you can't you know you can't tell if they're Muslim or not. Okay, yeah, I mean, someone who would be stereotypical Muslim-looking again by the evil people at the TSA. I have been through pro- with about five hundred of them. All five hundred walked through the security just like I did. And After walked they were and left. soundly beaten. No, yeah. uh, no beatings. Severely. No extra screenings. I don't think I've ever out. in my life seen a Muslim or an Arab that? appearing person in the extra screening area. I've been there. Pat's been there. Been and there. Jeffy's been there. And I'm sure uh-huh. other Muslims go there. But I've never seen one. Now, I, and I've seen Muslims, a lot of Muslims go there. Muslims laugh at that. me and point as, uh, as they walk through <laughs> the screening system and I'm standing over there getting felt up. I've never seen that. And you feel bad about saying something mm-hmm. you so, know when you see yeah. that happen and you go wait yeah. a second right right so hey. so my point is if i could just finish this before we get on to move on to that because these are all great observations but mm-hmm. the, the point is though yes i'm sure a muslim at some point goes through the airport and has a bad experience but the overwhelming majority and i the sample size is large enough for me to make mm-hmm. this declaration the overwhelming majority go through just yeah. like me mm-hmm. i've seen it happen over and over, and maybe I go to the non-racisty airports in Dallas. I don't know. Maybe Texas is just the non-racistest part of the entire universe. But I mean, I, my thought is probably it's pretty much uh, the way it is. I was in New York too. I mean, if I, uh, mm-hmm. my, probably my average flight, my most popular flight that I have to take is Dallas to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm in the airport all the time. We do this stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah, but you only fly to little small airports. You don't fly to international airports. Large where JFK, LaGuardia, DFW, uh, Newark. <laughs> These are airports that you'd think you'd be seeing this stuff all the time. And uh, to be no, honest, you don't see I've it. Now, I'm not saying it. that there's no difference. I'm not saying that, you know, the idea that, you know, you hear things like, well, I walk around the store and I'm followed around. Look, I've been followed around stores, too. But maybe it happens more often with African-Americans. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But does that, what does that mean? That that person is thinking something that, that's not happening? What does that mean in your life? 
I mean, who, who gives a crap if you're being followed mm-hmm. around? Are you stealing anything? No. Were you beaten? Were you beaten? No. Are they doing Were something illegal? No. Are they no. looking at you in the changing room? Well, that's a, that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even if that is happening all the time. That is my problem, though. A lot of people are just uh, follow me in there and... Well, well, that's just because you're obviously because yeah. the TSA is uh, f- feeling you up every time right. you go through the. Then they want to see what they just felt. And, and uh, look, <laughs> I don't mean to, I'm not trying to minimize uh, that as an issue or that there is a problem. But the bottom line is, it's about your p- comment on progress, mm. Pat. We've mm-hmm. come so way. far to the point that when we complain about racism, we have to say someone was standing near me for too long. I mean, that's not what racism right. was. It's not even like, yes, mm -hmm. are there horrible incidents? Sure. But the vast majority of this country is it's better than any other country at any other time in history. Great point on the shopping, though, being watched or followed in a store. If you're not, I mean, that's almost Lindsey Grahamish by saying if you're not stealing anything, what have you got to worry about? However, with the exception of you're in a public place and it's not illegal. Right. Right. It's a big difference. But I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, if you're not doing anything, it's not an issue. But in reality, it's not. You know how I get followed around all the time. And like, I don't know if it's because they want to be, be overly helpful or they think I'm right. doing something wrong. But right. largely, I just ignore them in both circumstances. And pretty soon, mm-hmm. they either go away or you check out with your goods and leave. And leave, and then it's over. And they go, oh, that guy was just a shopper. Right. It's like when you have to create racism when you're Oprah at That's an Aramaze counter because they wouldn't give you a particular $400,000 bag to play with. It just shows that maybe the issue isn't as serious as you're saying it is anymore. It's not to say that it doesn't exist. It does. It's not to say that people don't make racist jokes and do terrible things. Of course they do. We've seen that there are Donald Sterlings in the world, of course. But there are fewer Donald Sterlings here than almost anywhere else at almost any other time. No doubt about it. Uh, more patents, too, coming up. Tagging I feel bad for Sally Collin, though. I mean, she thought people um, she was under the impression that people mm-hmm. listened to her and then reacted to her people. Mm-hmm. You guys, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's not a circumstance, Sally. Oh, boy. Lord. Uh, it's Patton Stu. Hmm. Uh, in Ireland, actually Northern Ireland, so this is the Protestant portion of the of the nation of the island. Uh, there was a bakery. There's a bakery there that refused to make a cake with the message "support gay marriage," and they were found guilty of discrimination. Even though General Manager uh, Daniel MacArthur has said all along, "I didn't discriminate against the person," I I said no to the message. Can you discriminate against a message? Apparently the answer to that in Ireland is yes. Yes. Here's a a little bit about that. We're extremely disappointed with the judgment. We've said from the start that our issue was with the message on the cake, um, not the customer. And we didn't know what the sexual orientation of Mr. Lee was. And it wasn't relevant either. Um, We've always been happy to serve any customers that come into our shops. The ruling suggests that mm. all business owners um, will have to be willing to promote any cause or campaign, no matter how much they disagree with it, or, as the Quality Commissioner suggested, they should perhaps just close down. Um, and that can't be right. Uh, but we won't be closing down. Um, 
we certainly don't think we've done anything wrong and we'll be taking legal advice to consider our options for appeal. Good for you. Like so many others, we just want to live and work in accordance with our religious beliefs. We know we took much the to right ask. decision that before sure God is. and we have no regrets about what we've done. God calls us to be faithful Christians, uh, not only when things are going well, but when people oppose us. Our faith is wow. very important to us. Um, it determines how we live, how mm. we bring up our children, how we run our business, um, how we meet and uh, how we engage with other people in society. Um, so, yes, we can't leave it out um, whenever we go to work in the morning. Hmm. It's been a difficult and Tell exhausting time hates. for us I know. as Tell a family. But God has been faithful to us and he's given us the strength to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know and trust in him that going forward, he will continue to give us. You can't not strength. like that guy. No you, way. You can't not like great. him. Jeez, First man. of all, the, the accent's awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, but secondly, he's calm, he's loving, he's reasonable. Yeah. He just wants to live his religion. He didn't want to do the message. Right. He didn't reject the customer. He would have sold the cake without the message, right? He didn't want to do the message. How do you, I mean... Which was support And you might marriage. say, well, that's Northern Ireland. We don't have to worry. We're getting these exact rulings here. Yeah, and by the way... In Oregon. I, I, my understanding, and I'm not an expert on gay marriage in, in Ireland by any means, but they're voting on whether to make it legal, yeah, I, right? I don't, I don't think it's legal. So it's not right even now. legal. Well, shouldn't, right. the, shouldn't the state sue themselves? I mean, they're not even allowing it to happen. And then you, got the thing, you have to make cakes saying it should happen? Right. It's bizarre. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We've got this uh, campaign for two thousand sixteen heating up already, and you know it's it's kind of silly because we're uh, is it nineteen months, eighteen months in, uh, away from the election now, and we expect everybody to be declared by now. Why 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 haven't they gotten into the race yet? Yeah, what was Rick Perry <laughs> saying this morning? Uh, June fourth was he June saying? June fourth. And, like, they have the announcement date of the announcement, but they mm -hmm. won't announce. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, Rick Perry uh, is one on the list. Lindsey Graham, he's coming. Uh, Martin O'Malley, he's on mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. um, there's another one, too. I can't remember who they – we were just looking at this list the other day. Um, and Jeb still hasn't announced, by the way, right? Yeah, did he say – Does he have a date? A couple weeks, or did he say a couple months? Um, and then someone else was saying after June. Uh, Christy, I think uh, – was saying after Christie. I mean, all these guys are. Has he not realized he's done politically, nationally? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's everybody a... else realizes that, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody else oh, knows yeah. Chris Christie has no shot anymore. No shot. I mean, if this was 2009, and he had, and and we looked into his uh, policies, and they were anywhere near conservative, 
he'd have a really good shot. But it's none of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's not 2009. So. Uh, we've looked into his policies, <laughs> yes. and they're not conservative. Uh, well, how far has he fallen to? <clears throat> oh, my really gosh. Bad. we from, from us doing wow. Chris Christie porn at one point, because everything he said was so yeah. sexy to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> to we can't wow. stand I mean, him. He's, can't from stand. The, the hug with Barack to the dinner at the table with Barack and Michelle. And he was the- so smarmy, too, during that time when he was hurting uh, Mitt Romney with doing all that with, with that Obama. Would, that that could have cost Mitt. Yeah, it, it, I think it hurt him. I think, I think you know, people him. look at it and they say no. But you look at it, There's if you believe yes. people who answer polls, which, look, mm-hmm. you know. I, do you believe them? I don't know. But don't it was know. something to the effect of 12% of the population said they made up their mind based on Sandy. Yeah. And right. those people yeah. all almost exclusively voted for Barack Obama because he went around. And I, the treatment you know, of, of Republicans mm-hmm. in states like New Jersey was so positive that uh, how I could you think their, he did a bad job on it? So I, little silly footballs at the boardwalk and everything. It was agonizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I mean, uh, you know. They walked on the beach together, talked about freshness. I mean, yeah, and uh, well, I, which was weird. When you're in love, I you're know, in love. Because, you know. I know, this reminds me of uh, Chris Christie's uh, eHarmony commercial. Right. When you're in love, you're in love. Which was, uh, there was a, I think it was just, I honestly think it was just him, but it was actually Jeffy playing him, apparently. <laughs> which somehow, what a stretch. I mean, look at Jeffy and think about Chris Christie and say, wow, what a stretch. You can't even, you can't even. You know? I mean, seriously, though, you look, you look anorexic compared to that guy. <laughs> Yes. Even now, after he's lost weight, it's true. Uh, yeah, you it's know, true. I think you gained it back. He looked like, you know, Fiona Apple next to next to uh, <laughs> next to Chris Christie. It's like a it's a compliment. I, take it. That's like you should yeah, take. I it. don't know. You should take it. I don't know. Take it. Really? Live it. Love it. I think you. I think you're you just a fat man. Do we have the animal crackers <laughs> picture for a second? Do we have the animal crackers photo? Um, because I think that that Jeffy that's, is that's Chris Christie ish. Would you say Chris now, Christie is fattest? First of all, how many times have I got to tell you? Seriously. Mm. All right? Chris Christie is a fat guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Right? He's a fat, fat guy. Okay. I'm an athletic fat guy. <laughs> There's a yeah, well, can you explain it? I, I know you've told me this huge before. Difference. Can you explain it one more time to me? Just one more time. Just explain the difference one more time. Because you're right. You have explained this. But I'm, I'm not entirely sure we understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean, you just look. You can tell. No. Yeah, well, what's, so what's explain the what is he, The athletic part of you is... It's self-explained. Well, for, I'm cankleless. Well, you're what? Cankleless? You have no cankles. I okay. 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 Can That's we see, we can see your feet then and prove that? Yeah. Does Chris Christie have cankles? Oh, my gosh. He's the fat guy, yes. Okay, yeah, you do, you do have, All like, right. ankles. Yeah, kinda. I guess they're slender I'm, ankles. Cankleless. Normal. Mm-hmm. Cankleless. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's where I think, well, this is what I think of you. When I think of you, when you email me, this is the picture that pops into my head. <laughs> I need to make this your photo. Uh, because that's you right there. <laughs> I have a feeling that you seriously are not alone in that. Yeah, like, uh, I think most people have a much worse yeah. vision of you, honestly. But, uh, especially people on the radio. They're like, what does this guy look like? I think of him as the guy with the toast on his chest. Oh, Remember? yeah, yeah. Fattest can man we, alive. Natasha, can oh, we pull that and send that over a, to them? Talk about an acting stretch. Jeffy as the fattest man alive. You as the fattest man alive. I didn't even get an award for that. Yeah, because it was you were playing yourself. So, yeah, it's not that, yeah, I mean, it was a good performance, mm-hmm. but... When you're playing yourself, it'd be like Tom Cruise playing his life story. Right. 
Now, my serious yeah. question, though, is this picture of you, the, the animal crackers picture, the famous animal crackers picture, <laughs> the, the, animal the picture crackers. that animal crackers will never put on their website. That picture. I know. <laughs> that picture. Is, are, are you, you're still not as fat as Chris Christie in that picture. No. No, I am not. I mean, Chris Christie. But Christie, I, Christie is He topped four bills, me. right? Do, do you think, he, at, I mean, before the yeah. surgery, he topped four bills. At, yeah. And that was, because I remember seeing him in the Oprah interview. Mm. He did on O or whatever, where she has a show on there, and I was watching it. And this is at the point, I, you know, it was still like, you didn't know he was super liberal. And I remember watching and kind of thinking, kind of hoping he would do a good job. And it was really hard to, I mean, he could barely sit on the chair. I, and I'm not saying this is like, you know, I would say well, it about Oprah should have known better. I mean, it was they, a bad chair. Yes, they was, should have had a better chair. That's embarrassing. I would, if I was Chris, I would have made sure that that had happened. That's, well, you would governor. think his people would do that. Yes, yeah, he's right? a governor. For, yeah. Come on. Yeah, it, it was not, not flattering. Not flattering. Good yes. point. That's a good point. So Chris Christie, just one of the people who uh, will get into the race, and there's a bunch of them that uh, you know are in the race right now that could absolutely ruin everything for us. Um, I mean, even more than it already is. Uh, and last night on his show, Glenn was talking about small business genocide and uh, uh, de Blasio's strategy. And because he may also get into the race, I don't know, he's got this 13-point plan, isn't it? Is it 13 points? He's got this plan, this progressive 13-point plan. Glenn was talking about that last night. So here's the latest from Bill de Blasio, because Bill de Blasio is thinking about running for uh, president of the United States. I don't know if you know that. It's fabulous. Um, but uh, he's thinking about running for president, and he's come out with a new progressive agenda. Um, a 13-point agenda, and, uh, and, and uh, Barack Obama has talked about it. He said there was sort of this progressive statement of principles about what it means to be a progressive by some of these friends of mine. Uh, I noted that it was basically my agenda except for the trade. Mm -hmm. Now, while he says that, one Democrat, one prominent Democrat unnamed in this article says, None of that stuff is going to help us win elections and help us win back the House. What is the agenda? The mayor says he wants to stop Democrats from running away from the discussion of progressive economic policy. And I do, too. Please, please run on your progressive ideology. Here's what he says. Raise the federal minimum wage. So it reaches $15 an hour while indexing it to inflation. So raise it to 15 and then attach federal. it to inflation. Federal. So imagine what a $15 Ooh. federal minimum wage would do to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And then if inflation goes up 2% a year, so does the min minimum wage. Correct. There's wow, no that's way. Be good. There is no way that um, minimum wage could be raised to $15. In small towns and survive. They, it, would, it would destroy middle America. Just destroy us. It's already creating shockwaves in Seattle, and it's not even to 15 years. And in San Francisco, I believe. Yeah, yes. So in both of those, you've had all kinds of stores and restaurants closing. More are still to come because they're only up to, what, $12 so far? I think eleven fifty or something in Seattle. Okay, so they're not even at 15 and already places are starting to crumble and, and uh, close. And this as reported by progressive media. So you know mm. it's much worse than what the media is saying. Can you imagine what it would do even in New York City where prices are already skyrocket? 
I mean, you get a you get a glass of orange juice. Is it ten bucks? <laughs> Probably in some places, yeah. Certainly at the hotels, yeah. it is. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, at the hotels, it's more than <laughs> yeah. more than ten bucks. Okay, so first one is raise minimum wage, would which would cause massive unemployment. Then reform the National Labor Relations Act, enhance workers' right to organize and rebuild the middle class. So the right to work goes away. Yeah, because you're going to have unions yeah. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere there would be a union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Pass comprehensive immigration reform to grow the economy and protect against exploitation of low-wage workers. <laughs> Are you grow crazy? the economy. How okay. does how does that how does that grow the economy by all of a sudden granting amnesty to twelve to twenty million people who are here? Uh, it just makes it okay for them to be here completely, and then solidifies the fact that uh, you know. American citizens aren't going to have those jobs. I don't care. American citizens of what color, they're not going to have those jobs. Here's what's interesting to me. The president said he's released these. uh, I want to get this exact quote. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. Stu, you, you give him the benefit of the doubt. There was a sort of progressive statement of principles about what it means to be a progressive by some of these friends of mine, according to the president. Quote, I noted that it was basically my agenda except for trade. Here's the trade section. Oppose trade deals that hand more power to corporations at the expense of American jobs, workers' rights, and the environment. So the president is saying, I agreed with all. These were my agenda points, except for the trade agenda. And this is, I I assume, is the fight between him and Elizabeth Warren Uh uh, on free trade trade deals, where he Mm -hmm. seems to be... And why do you think that the Republicans are for the free trade? It hands more power to the corporations at the expense of American jobs. Well, I mean, that, I don't think they describe it that way, but yeah, I bet it, it is. It might. I don't know. I don't nobody know. to me, nobody, nobody really knows. knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm much more free trade than Elizabeth Warren certainly. Or yes, yes, yes. I think everybody on earth is more free trade than Elizabeth Warren. Um, you know, it's hard to know on this one because you you wind up. Thinking, am I choosing between Barack Obama and Elizabeth Warren as my yes. two choices? Yes. Which is kind of more yes. of a fundamental foundational problem with the country. Yes. Um, but I mean, you're going from a full fledged socialist to a Marxist. Which, which which one do you which one do you <laughs> how do you how do you parse that? She's full fledged socialist. She would have us looking like Denmark overnight. He's a full fledged Marxist revolutionary. He's so, probably more right on this one than she is, though, right? I mean, I don't know. On I the don't trade know. deal, it looks like it. I think so. Which is why the Republicans say they have the votes to pass this thing. Yeah. Have you seen that? And and so so again, <laughs> and so again, you have on one side Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> yeah. on the other side the president, and on another side Mitch McConnell. I don't trust any of them. <laughs> no. Although. Obama and McConnell seem to be on the same side. So that leads me to believe Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really don't know who to believe on that one. Not in that triangle. I Uh, talked to somebody in Washington who went into the room and read it and said, Glenn, it has to have, I think it's 60 days, 45 or 60 days of sunlight. Has to. 
Otherwise, it, it cannot be passed. Congress cannot pass it without it having an open airing. He said, and I honestly don't know. He said, I read it. I don't know why it's been kept secret. He said, there's nothing in there that glares at me. He said, but it would take a team of attorneys to go through it. And he said, that's why the sunlight is necessary. He said, these bills are too big and too complex. And he said, I know that there are attorneys out there that once it's online, they'll go through every single line. And they'll bring it up and say, wait, 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 this is in there. He said, I didn't see anything. But that doesn't mean that it's not there because this president is shown over and over and over again. He makes bad deals. Right. It's somebody we respect a lot, too. Yes, it is. You would tend to believe him that there's if he says he didn't see anything bad in it. It sounds like but he did say it needs a full airing. Yeah. Well, it should not be. It never gets that. Yeah. And it certainly certainly makes you nervous when the president all of a sudden seems pro free trade. I just I just don't believe that those are his principles. But I mean, I. You know, judging on the surface, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going to be more free. It's possible trade than... that he could do one thing right in eight years? Is it possible? Well, he did kill Bin Laden. Okay, two things right. He <laughs> didn't. I want to no, just point this out. He did. No, he did. It took him did. a year. It took him a year to decide. Well, yeah, but then when he did decide, he took the flight over there with a knife and stabbed him in the heart. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And he made the toughest decision in 500, 500 years. So it was Barack Obama in the library with the candelabra. <laughs> it was. No, it was, okay. a, it was a knife. All right. So here's a so, ridiculous candelabra. Come on, Glenn. So here's what we have so far with the de Blasio plan. Raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour nationwide. Um, allow mm-hmm. the unions to organize anywhere. Make mm-hmm. sure that we get all of the immigrants that are already here, the illegals that are already here, make them legal. Yeah, yeah help the economy. Oppose any trade deal that gives more uh, power to corporations. Uh, pass national sick leave. Pass mm-hmm. family, paid family sick leave. So if I'm sick, my wife gets to stay home as well? Is that it? And family, and my children? Yeah, family leave. Paid family leave. The whole family gets to stay? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's yes. how, I mean, the law is what? the Family Medical Leave Act. Just It's not just for, like, super, you know, hey, I've got a cold. But if there's yeah. a major. No, it's like cancer. Yeah, something like that. You can actually leave. But it's not paid. Okay. It's not forced. You're not for, the company's not forced to pay you for So that this time. would be forced. This would be forced be pay. Forced. But see, here's the problem with that. Wow. Sure, you might have companies that are so grinchy, but those companies eventually nobody wants to work for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're so bad. But there's a lot of companies that, like, if you guys left and said, hey, my wife has cancer, I, I would do my best to hold on. But if it, if it went on for however long. At some point. Yeah. At some point, I've got to. You know, this is a bad example, but... How long? Like a week and a half? <laughs> like 20 you're... minutes. If she's not better by the time I get back from the next break, I can't do it. Right. That's I understandable. That's, That's understandable. Yeah, right. I mean... No, but I mean, you could see that. You have somebody who's, you know, it's the CFO of a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to fire... I mean, can you imagine how bad you would be if you fired somebody because their wife had cancer and was in the hospital? Nobody would want to do that. The press would be Awful. Awful. You'd make as many com- accommodations as you possibly could, but at some point you were like, I have to have a CFO. <laughs> yeah, someone has to actually yes. do the job. Right. And yes. I can't have some guy just in their interim. I and you can't have necessarily somebody. pay two CFOs, right. one who's actually working and one who's Correct. at home with their Correct. Yeah, you can't under this hard. plan, though. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, is that yeah. because is that, is that funded by 
No, the government? Uh, no, we don't. no, it's, it's just the, by evil corporations and their profits, yes. which they don't need. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So you imagine doing that to small business? No, you wouldn't do it. You couldn't them. make it. This It'd is kill a them. kill all small businesses yeah. plan. Yep. It's a genocidal small business plan. <laughs> it really plan. is. It is small business genocide. <laughs> Back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, apparently, there's a House bill now that would cap expenses for ex-presidents. <laughs> Is there no cap on the expenses of ex-presidents? Oh, remember we went through those numbers spend? one day? I mean, which is from the museums and the security and, like, <laughs> phone systems that we still pay for for these wow. guys. Oh, yeah. All the money for Bill Clinton, right, setting up his yeah, Harlem offices. millions and huge. millions. And George W. Bush, by the way, as well. I mean, it's not, it wasn't just Democrats. It was everybody. You just get funneled cash once you leave for all sorts of expenses. It's amazing. Not yeah. um, to mention security, right? On a voice vote, the House Oversight Panel backed a measure to limit taxpayer dollars for expenses, including travel, incurred by ex-presidents who earn more than $400,000 a year. And don't they all? Uh, I mean, obviously Clinton does. Bill Clinton earns uh, a lot. Uh, George W. Bush? I don't know. I don't really know his earnings. I, I, in fact, I don't know where they've ever come from. I guess there was some oil money in there. He owned part of the Rangers for a while. Yeah, but Saudi Arabia... He's getting handouts with Saudi Arabia for favors. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. remember, remember the Carlisle Group? Remember that? I do. You remember the Carlisle Group? I, I bet you don't, don't remember know. that. Remember the Carlisle Group yeah. with Al Gore and his dad? I sure remember right. that. Right. Well, uh, so, I, so yeah. according to this, we paid $3.5 million last year in pensions and benefits to the four living former presidents. That's insanity. $1.3 million to Bush. Nine hundred and fifty thousand for Clinton. Wow! And the only thing you can justify mm. is security. I am totally most, fine with with handling security. And get this—that's not what most of it's for. Most right. of it's right. for sprawling office space in Dallas and New York. Why the hell are we paying for that? I George, don't know. screw I don't you, know. both of you, uh, both yeah. of you, all for you. Oh screw you. Wow. All right. So the report wow. by the Congressional Research Service said taxpayers paid more than four hundred and twenty thousand last year for Bushes. 8,237-square-foot office in Dallas. Clinton's 8,300-square-feet space in New York cost $415,000. Taxpayers shelled out another 180,000 for office space in Houston for George H.W. Bush and uh, 109,000 for workspace in Atlanta for Jimmy Carter. Can you give me the the two Bushes and Clinton again, just the numbers? Okay, um, for, well, pensions. No, just, just the office space. Just no, the you office just okay. You just did. <clears throat> All right. Uh, 420000 for Bush. For Bush. For Dallas. Mm-hmm. And 415000 for Bill in New York. Clinton, and what was uh, HW? HW was one hundred and nine. Okay, so 420000 for Bush and four fifteen for Clinton in New York City? 
I mean, I, Clinton's yeah. freaking cheap mm-hmm. comparison. I mean, George Bush should be ashamed of himself. A guy is supposed to be conservative is spending four hundred thousand dollars of our money every year for office space in Dallas. It's like a dollar a square foot. Less space than Bill, too. What's that? Eighty-two. He's got uh, Bill's space is eighty-three hundred, and Bush's is eight thousand two hundred and thirty-seven. So the technically hell? less space. Why is he paying that much for rent? Where is this place? Is this just the, the museum? For his office in Dallas? I don't know. No, it's his office. I don't think so. So it's that's a separate not the museum. It's a presidential you, museum. Four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars? I I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't be paying for any of that. No, we should pay zero. Look, <laughs> I, I don't security. mind paying their, their security. Although, Fine. I would say that security. a con- is particularly a conservative president should say, guys, I can do one speech and pay for a year of security. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll handle it. You don't need mm-hmm. to pay me. I, that is what should happen. But, okay, I'll give you the security. Everything else is, is inconscionable. Right? Unconscionable. Unconscionable. God, why did that mm-hmm. sound so weird? Because you said in country. No, I know, but I mean, I, I mean, it, it, in my head, it felt right for okay. a second. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Oh well, unconscionable. Listen, listen the managing director of Real Capital Analytics uh, mm-hmm. said, "Listen, the top market in Dallas is the bottom of the market in Manhattan. So that's why it's that's why, why. Why? That's why. So you're, you, the argument is that Bill Clinton has the worst thing yeah, on the island. That Bill's it. Bill. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure he does. Sure he does." <laughs> And First by the of way, all, Bill's not even in Manhattan. No, he's in Harlem, right? Right. And secondly, uh, top of the market. Uh, why do you have top of the market, George? Why, 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 <laughs> what the hell? And I don't care if you do, as long as you pay for it. Yeah, pay for it. You're all yourself. Go ahead. That's that's really uh, in and on conscionable. It, it's unbelievable and unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable and, and unbelievable. <laughs> What's good is that uh, he yes. only signed a ten-year lease. <clears throat> Who, Bush? Uh, yeah. Jeez. That where is, is it? Does it say where it is? I mean, that must be in the nicest place Sh- in Sherry, Dallas. Sherry Lane Place. Is it like in Highland Park or something? Must be. I mean, that must be. It's Sherry Preston Lane Hollow. Place. Okay. I don't care where it That's is. Okay. I don't care if it's in the top, the top of the Dubai Tower. We shouldn't be paying for it. No, we shouldn't. No, we should not. That's unbelievable. Every time this story pops up, I'm, I, I, I just can't believe it. At I least somebody's it. trying to do something about it. The House, by the way. Congratulations. There's something You're doing something that we're actually happy about. I mean, it's very minor in the grand scheme of things, but hey, it's better than naming a building in Miramar, Florida. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, it won't get through, of course. And they, they should cap it at just security. Yep. Period. We'll pay for your security. You guys want 8300 or 80000 in office space. Go ahead. And Knock yourself out. But you're paying for it. And you're or eligible not. for every federal program that everybody else is. Yeah, you know, you're if, gonna, you're, if you're too poor and you need to go on welfare, you'll you get can, your $200,000 a year pension. You know what? Okay. But even that, no. I mean, but okay. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say okay because we, we've given that for a long time. I, I mean, it's not going to hurt him to take it away, especially Clinton. Clinton is is a hundred plus millionaire, hundred mm. plus millionaire. It should so, be completely refused by every president. Yeah. Refused. Yes, it should because it's 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 an embarrassment. Like George Washington, who ha- who is wildly wealthy when he went it off, went, went into office, and they wanted to pay him twenty five thousand a year. And in in seventeen you know ninety one twenty five thousand that was a years. lot of money. Mm. I mean <laughs> we should we should do the calculation on that because twenty five thousand a year in seventeen ninety one, that had to be like uh, half a million a year. 
a million a year? I don't know. It's a lot. Most of the inflation it's calculators don't go back that far. But here's the thing. He said, no. No, I will take no salary for this. So he worked for free. Uh, so, I mean, you know, these guys uh, are all wealthy when they come into office now. You know, even even Obama was making $5 million on his book sales by the time he got to the office of the presidency. And they all cry poor mouth. But they're, none of them are poor. The last poor guy was a Truman who drove back uh, back home in a Buick or a Dodge or something and then stayed there the rest of his life. So it's pathetic. Uh, 1791 uh, in $2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and it was $20,000? $25,000. $25,000. Mm-hmm. All right. And while you're doing that, I'll let you know that Truman is the reason they did this. Uh, you know, they use as an excuse because they say the former president's act was passed in 1958 after Congress learned of the financial difficulties faced by Harry Truman when he left off. But it's okay. It's okay yeah. to, to, to have financial difficulties. What we're saying is when you become president, you are a lottery winner. You live a luxurious lifestyle for the rest. No. You have to do it on your own. That's the key. Well, and he tried, right? I mean, that's what Truman it said here. Truman complained that it cost him, and I don't know that he complained. He may have just been saying that it cost him 30000 a year to reply to letters and requests for speeches. Don't reply to right. them. Right. Burn the letters. <laughs> right. Use them for heat. Shut up. 30000 yeah, a year. Power. Yeah, exactly. Um, 25000 in 1791, according to some random website, 612000 612. Good money. It's good cash. Good, good money. not bad. And he said no to it. All right, more patents too coming up in just a second. We have a reverse pension that we've impli- uh, applied to you, Jeffy. Yeah, trust me, I'm aware of that reverse pension. When you leave, you'll be paying us $25,000. You have to repay all the money we gave to you right. during your time here. Yeah, it was like an AFLAC much. program. Plus there's interest. In fact, that, yeah, um, plus oh, interest. Nobody tells yeah. you about interest. Compounded daily. I should have mentioned that. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Darn it. Oh, no. We're just right. talking about Paul Blood and Paul Cobb. Oh, yeah, that. here's Jeffy. Yeah, uh, I should have won an award now, for that. If you're looking at this, do you have, I mean, one of them is the fattest man in the world. The other one is Jeffy. Can you tell which one is which? <laughs> is there any way to decipher which person I, is which? I should have won an it's award It's freaking for that. amazing how <laughs> close that is. It is absolutely astounding. I worked hard. To, it's to, absolutely astounding. To, you didn't work at all. You just laid there and were fat. And to put create, toast on your stomach. Create that experience. I will say this. That is one of my, fo- that is one of my favorite <laughs> moments awesome. of my entire career. <laughs> we <laughs> that laughed. Whole show. I got to say that. And yesterday's show was also one of them. I, yesterday's show was so fun. Was we, fun. I, was, I was laughing so hard at this show yesterday. <laughs> and like, people were tweeting about it all day yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Pat and Stu. At World of Stu, by the way, if you are, are on Twitter. Or on Facebook, but people were uh, all day commenting out on how crazy that show was. It was just like every, everything caught us really funny and everything worked. Yeah, I mean, like today, everything's been terrible. I mean, the show's been awful, but yesterday it was good. <laughs> no, it's been fine today. You get one day a week. What do you want? Yeah, a week, a year. Look, you're not paying $1,000 a month. It's nine ninety We'll give you a one show a month if you're lucky that's halfway decent. That's all we can do. And you'll like it. <laughs> Bastards. Triple eight seven two seven back. Three uh, D printed skin. This is kind of interesting. Uh, Bio printed human skin. Been on the scene for a while, but L'Oreal. Yeah, L'Oreal, the cosmetics company. Yes, uh, they're hoping to get into the game. And uh, here's a look. 
Organovo creates functional human tissues with its unique bioprinting technology. No Starting with cells from any source, Organovo's bioprinter precisely places a specially formulated bio-ink, in this case, into a 96-well plate for drug discovery. Mm -hmm. Okay. The what process results in a complex tissue with natural architecture. Disease can be induced and disease progression can be studied in the native microenvironment. For medical research and drug discovery, potential treatments can be observed real time to measure safety, efficacy, and mechanism of action. 3D bioprinting can create more natural cell-cell interactions than traditional 2D methods. With better predictive value and higher clinical relevance, this revolutionary technology can speed safe and effective drug development, providing an entirely new way to study disease and advance medical research, and ultimately create a potential new source of tissues for surgery and transplant right. medicine. Yeah, that's what I was Organova. I was gonna Changing say, uh, the shape of medical research and practice. You know, what about burn victims? Uh, couldn't yeah. you uh, grow skin to, to replace the skin they, that was burned? Yeah. That, I mean, I mean that, I'm sure that's what they're looking to do. That'd be great. Yeah. And also, then you're going to end up being able to replace the skin that you have, right? Yeah, the I would think so. And actresses and models and everybody that wants to get rid of their crow's feet and the right. bags under their eyes. You right. Just cut it and put some new skin on and let it grow in. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like a pretty good development. Yes, it yeah. does. Mm -hmm. Wow. A lot of cool applications, I would think. Uh, French beauty juggernaut announced uh, recently that it's partnering, partnering with Organova, uh, of whom you just saw the uh, strip there, a 3D human tissue company to print tons of, of human tissue to facilitate animal-free cosmetic testing. Uh, that's what's important. The animal-free... Of course, I, I don't want animals to be tested. I, I don't want stuff sprayed in their eyes and all that and see how it reacts. Do you? No, Jeffy doesn't. Yeah, look at this. Really? <laughs> really? They're raised for That's, that. No, they're not raised for that. <clears throat> Turn on your microphone. They're, they're not raised, raised for, that. for that. We bring them in for that. No, we don't. No. Yes, no, we, do. we don't. They're here to be tortured? No, they're not here to be tortured, but a couple of monkeys get hurt to help us, the humans? Yes, a big deal. I, I you know, <laughs> it's an interesting stance. Um, I, I'm more fine with them being tested on than I am, you know, like, eaten. Yeah. <laughs> what? Killed. Really? Yeah. I think I would probably be more like, yeah, what we're going to do is either spray some perfume in your eyes or we're going to kill you. <laughs> the humane one, by the way, is the death. Real, uh, no, I, can I disagree? I'd, uh, uh, Alex, uh, can I switch categories? Go the other way? I, as, as a person, I'm pretty sure that's the way I feel. However, I will say I have no problem with uh, testing. I, I'm a vegetarian. Again, we said this the other day. But I have absolutely no problem with people testing uh, on animals when it comes to medications, when it comes to treatments. Like, sp putting lipstick in the eye of a rabbit for no freaking reason is a little excessive. I mean, I, if it's not benefiting, you know, humanity and human life, I'm, I don't feel good about it. Oh, but, so now we're not supposed to know what happens when somebody puts lipstick <laughs> in your eye. We'll do it to you if we want to see what's going to happen. Believe me, there's people we can do that to. There's a lot of them that deserve it. Um, but no, I mean, I, but like when it comes, to, a lot of times when people are like, oh, I can't believe these medical laboratories will do this stuff to rats. Eh, that stuff's pretty necessary. I'm 
I'm glad they're doing it to rats. In fact, uh, it should happen to rats uh, because rats are <laughs> yes. awful. Uh, but uh, it, more Thank importantly, you. it should happen to snakes. But more importantly than that, it Thank should you. happen because it's important to uh, you know to, to get a new medicine <laughs> tested to, to to research something that that may very well mm -hmm. cure cancer or something like that. I, I mean, look, I, I love you animals, but test away. On that, I have no, I have no hesitation on that stuff at all. When it comes to mm -hmm. doing it for, hey, let's, you know, I, we talked about fo foie gras before, mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, let's, let's, you know, force feed a goose until it's, is, you know, liver gets disease, and then it will take, you know, and choke it, and well, then it'll taste slightly better. It's like, because <laughs> eh. its, it's liver is so, analysis here. so enlarged, it almost explodes, and that's when you kill it and eat it. <laughs> it's like, ah, yum, yeah. I don't. Diseased liver doesn't sound that delicious <laughs> no. to me anyway. Who wants to eat something you know? that's diseased I, anyway? I don't. I mean, that's you really don't. elitist. Like you're like, you know what? I want to eat something diseased. I want an animal <laughs> who we intentionally I will diseased not the liver. Eat a healthy liver. I <laughs> will not do it. <laughs> that's solid. Anyway, that's like uh, you know, you're you're really you've hit the top of the, of yeah, the you ladder have. there when yes, you're, you you're, you're making that decision. Um, but you know, like as far as like. You know, the testing stuff, it's like, you know, when it comes down to, to pointless torture for no reason, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. nobody wants that, but, you know, these, these elf-type people that go in there and they'll <laughs> liberate uh, medical facilities yes. of these animals, it's like, uh, you know, no. You know, we, mm -hmm. we need to, it's much better than testing it on humans. Yeah, the perfume testing, unnecessary. Yeah. For me, look, someone's gonna eventually spray medical it in their testing, eye. testing, different deal, totally different deal, different deal. Um, Jeffy testing, oh, totally different totally deal. Different but deal. You test might, anything you want on it. You never know what you're gonna get out of the perfume testing. It might end up as a medicine, right? So you got to do the testing. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of times, Giorgio <laughs> will wind up in, in pill know. form, and you never uh, know. it'll cure Pe liver disease. People don't realize, realize this, but Pfizer used to be a deodorant company. <laughs> um, <laughs> now here they are. <laughs> uh, here's here's some things that. Uh, David Letterman, and that tonight's his last show. Last show ever. I, I kind of have some interest in it. Do you? Are you going to watch his last show? I don't think I'll watch it, but I'll probably read a story about it tomorrow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested at that level. I'm kind of interested if I remember and I'm up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, I would watch it. Yeah. Like if I had a... Because I used to be a really big fan. Me too. I have an app on my, uh, on my phone for my cable system that I can, like, search. Like, so for, mm -hmm. as soon as we go to commercial here, if I remember... To search for David Letterman and record it here, Set a DVR. it may happen. Oh, that's great! But uh, when I go, when I get to home, I'd like I'm to never have that. remember that. I like that. Here's some things he's uh, he actually invented over his really long career on late night television. It's what 34 years, something like that. Um, post interview interviews on February 3rd, 1982, his third ever broadcast. Uh, late night conducted two interviews with Baseball Hall of Famer Hank Aaron. One was a standard uh, talk show back and forth between the host and guests. The other occurred after that conversation where NBC Sports reporter Al Albert, son of Marv, asked Aaron how he felt his <laughs> last few minutes with, the, with Letterman went and with the idea that it was the equivalent of a post-game interview. That's funny. Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. Good bit. How about catchphrase contests? Uh, two on-air catchphrase contests, which aired a little over a month apart in 18, 1984, gave Lucky Studio audiences the power to make, quote, they pelted us with rocks and garbage, the first rallying cry, before it was displaced by, quote, I do and I do and do for uh, your kids, and this is the thanks I get. I, so this, these are things I that do what I up. do and I do for you kids, and this is the thanks I get. So he would yeah, say that, that in the show? Yeah. That was uh, Try to make it was. into a catchphrase. Nice. Uh, camera from the host point of view. 
1982 on an inst installment. It began with one continuous five-minute, 17-second take of uh, Letterman through the point of view Dave Cam. I remember that, too. Uh, cameos included his daytime show that debuted in, what, 1980 or 81 was incredibly innovative. That thing was, huh. I mean, I, I guess it didn't work because it was daytime and there was a bunch of housewives staying at home watching this thing that they Nobody didn't get it. it. Funny. Yeah, they yeah. didn't get him. It wasn't their humor. Right? But then you put him on at night and you got huh. the male audience and that's when he really took off. But his his show was really innovative at first. This uh, first top ten, I never knew what his first top, you know, he, he did the, he was the first person who did the purposely funny top ten list. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know the, the name of his first ever one, September 18th, 1985. The top ten things that almost rhyme with peas. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It was really funny. I mean, he had he definitely had his era. Um, he did that, and that was uh, pretty innovative at the time. Yeah, uh, hosting a show aboard an airplane. I don't remember that. Late night's fourth anniversary was celebrated on board a flight from New York to Miami. Hmm. I didn't know that. Um, he uh, dubbed a rerun from English to English. Uh, <laughs> September, uh, February 17th, 1986, he re-aired an older show. Um, and 250 viewer, uh, confused viewers called the network after 60 hours and poor, four professional dubbers. Everyone on the episode, Raquel Welch was the main guest, guest magically had different voices. That's Even funny. Letterman's voice was dubbed by Peter Fernandez of Speed Racer. That's a great bit. That's funny. That's brilliant. Brilliant. That's, uh, that is a brilliant bit. Uh, when, uh, and then there was an episode that rotated 360 degrees. Uh, writers Randy Cohen and Kevin Curran came up with the idea, a unique way to celebrate the 800th episode. NBC received several hundred calls about it because uh, viewers were complaining it was giving them headaches. They were getting dizzy and nauseous. Uh, executives were apparently not informed of the stunt beforehand and were pissed off, as they often are. The key, the key thing to take from this, though, December 9th, 1986, is the last example of the things that David Letterman invented. Wow. That's the issue, is uh, 1986 was 30 years ago almost, and uh, yeah. kind of in the interim, he's done a lot of these things, sometimes really well, but he's never really done more. Well, this is the 33rd like year, too, right? So that, mm -hmm. right, he mm -hmm. was innovative for... But did he, he did things like he threw watermelon off a building. That was to see great. What, what he threw like stuff when, off you know, the that building, kind of stuff. that was funny. That was fun. Yeah, the smashing stuff off buildings. Yeah, it was great. And uh, um, the morning show here in Dallas played a bit that I'd forgotten about where he was, uh, uh, Brian Gummel was doing the morning show at the time down on the street mm -hmm. when uh, he was, uh, and he started heckling them with the bullhorn. Oh, yeah. Out the window. Right. Saying, ah, I'm wearing no pants. And Brian Gumbel was, right. and it, that made, that whole story made it worth it because Brian Gumbel didn't talk to him for four years. He was, God, he's not professional. That's he's right. To the show. That's funny. That's what funny a douche stuff. that guy is. We yes. should look at that someday for the douche hall. But uh, the other thing, <laughs> yes. uh, do you remember when he sent people out into uh, situations and told them what to say and they yes. had to say it? I think he was the first to do that. Yes. Uh, he uh, he also had uh, Larry Bud Melman, who did stupid Hilarious things all the time, very funny stuff. stuff. Yes. He had the Indian guys next door. He always went to their place and he did had funny stuff space, with them. That idiot pop up from the stairs all the time. Yeah. Of the of the of the, of the uh, uh, audience. Chris stairs. Elliott. Yes, Chris Elliott. Uh, he did. A, I mean, he did more than this. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. Than this. Agreed. He. I mean, yeah. he had a great. Uh, the, the early years of that show were great. I awesome. mean, at least until I would say until the mid nineties. At until, least. like we talked about on, on radio this morning, um, until he got angry and bitter. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he just lost something. You should learn something about that there, Jeffy. Yeah. You might think about that while we take a break here.
Uh, think about how angry and bitter you are, mm. how that kind of turns people off. Yeah. You know what I mean? The other thing you should think about is being uh, overweight. <laughs> yeah, you might want to look at that as well. Um, like, it, it <clears throat> Stu and I have decided not to look into No, that we don't us. look at it for ourselves, obviously. <laughs> but we'd like you to look into yours. <laughs> By the way, we should point out uh, a couple things coming up on tomorrow's program um, uh, on radio is going Thing to be one. our pot show. Uh, if you have any questions you want to ask, uh, like if you're for legalization, you have some tough question for the anti-legalization guy, mm -hmm. send it to us at World of Stew or at Pat and Stew on Twitter um, okay. or on Facebook or wherever you can reach us. And then uh, the other uh, and the same thing the other way. If you're a person who you know wants to keep the status quo as far as marijuana law goes, and you have you hear this dumb argument from the legalization people all the time that you want to pick apart, send us those questions. I'd really like to get them uh, before we uh, do that show. Uh, and then the other one is tomorrow is the route. If you go to theblaze.com slash the route. You can uh, check that out. It's uh, Glenn's show on uh, the kind of the militarization of the police. And a lot of people are getting all fired up about how um, this is not a police. <laughs> what flavor is that? It's not a police bashing episode by any means, but it's, a, it's an interesting thing that's going on, and we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. Coming up. Um, so Pat uh, is, is jumped into the spoon segment as he always does. Uh, apparently, the 30 seconds I was talking was too long. Too long. Couldn't wait um, anymore. Uh, the one Pat has is these are both, by the way, uh, safe for even me to eat: Ch kicking chicken taco from Pringles and cheeseburger flavored Pringles. Ooh. And then, in addition to that, we have uh, the peanut butter cup Oreos to try. Even though we've already tried them. What? They get people ask us all the time. Have you? I get this sent to me all have the time. Have you tried them again? Have you tried them, and so let's try them again. All right. So anyway, you got the kicking chicken tacos. Uh, yes. <clears throat> there, now there's no chicken in that, right? No, there's not. I've already, so you can go ahead. Yep. Deposit of that. I have. I checked the ingredients. Mm -hmm. There you go. I don't know how they did it, but it does taste like chicken taco. It's got a nice little kick to it. Nice mm. little spice. A little bite, right? It does taste just like a taco. And this is like cheeseburger. You can eat these too, can't you? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. How'd they get them to taste like cheeseburger without any cheese? Seaweed. Seaweed? Yeah, they use seaweed. No, I mean, you can, you can kind of make stuff, anything, taste like anything. Oh my gosh! It tastes like a cheeseburger? It tastes like a cheeseburger with mustard. Doesn't it? Oh my god, it does. It tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger. It does. It tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger with mustard. Oh on my it. god, that's weird. Wow. That tastes like just like a McDonald's cheeseburger. And I have not had one in many years, but that I can, you know, yes, remind you. Yes, I haven't either. Mm -hmm. But that is McDonald's, and it is a McDonald's cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, too, not hamburger. You can no. actually taste that cheese right. in there. Mm. That's really good. Jeffy, come over here and try this. That's really weird. Come try this, Jeffy. Here comes Jeffy. Dangerous. God, these, <clears throat> that tastes, it, it tastes, you can taste like the onion wow. in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Here, take some, take some of these. All right, which one? That's a kick and chicken taco. This, this is a taco. One. Yeah. But there's an open thing right on the front. Why don't you where? lift? Oh. It says lift. <laughs> Pat was just trying to open up the Oreos with his teeth. Okay. Oh, taco's good. These are peanut butter cup. Uh, Reese's yeah. peanut butter cup good. Oreos? Yeah, give me a little uh, uh, cross-section here. And this is what you're right. looking at when you get the Oreos. By the way, I would highly recommend, I think both of these Pringles are both oh, yeah. really freaking really good. Really good. I mean, um, the, uh, the and the Oreo is... Uh, Hmm. That is a McDonald's cheeseburger. Isn't Slight, it? Amazing. Slight criticism on the Oreo is that there's already chocolate on the crackers, or the cookies. You can go more peanut butter, I think, in the middle. 
Yeah. But overall, still really freaking good. All of these big hits, good. I think, right? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah.